0: Again, everyone, and welcome to Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. I'm Bob Kaler. I'm solo this time. Stephanie is not able to join us, and in fact, we are in Kansas City. I'm sitting across the table from Keith Boyette. Hello, Bob. in a In a hotel room here in Kansas City, we're here for a cohort that's related to the uh, Church Multiplication Task Force. And uh, Jeff Greenway is joining us on the phone from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Um, He was going to be here, but but is not. Jeff, how are you?
1: I'm doing very well, Bob. It's good to be with you and Keith tonight.
0: So what we thought we would do with this particular episode, and I hauled all of my stuff from Colorado to record this because I think it's important. We want to do a little bit of a, a snapshot of the Transitional Book of Doctrine and Discipline for the Global Methodist Church. We announced that a couple weeks ago that the global Methodist Church uh, was was coming into not a launch but into a reality kind of revealing that and revealing a new uh, transitional book of doctrines and discipline. I know I've gotten some questions. I know Keith gets questions, probably. Thousands of times a day.
2: Well, that's maybe an exaggeration. At least hundreds of times a day. More than I can humanly respond to in a day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, uh, excitement on one level, but also some questions on on another level about what that what that looks like. And both Keith and Jeff sit on the transitional council. Transitional Leadership Council. Correct. I get all these acronyms messed I know. up. I feel like I'm back in the Army again with all the acronyms. But <laughs> but, um, uh, can you guys give us just a little bit of a background on, I know we've talked about this before, but I want to make sure that people understand how the, the Transitional Leadership Council came to be. Uh, so Keith, I'll start with you and then Jeff, uh, we'll see what kind of input you might have on that as well
2: well as our as our listeners are undoubtedly aware back in January of 2020 which seems like a century ago the protocol uh, for reconciliation and grace through amicable separation was announced and that created the possibility for a, a theologically conservative expression of methodism to emerge from the united methodist church and we, the WCA, along with the Confessing Movement and Bishop Scott Jones, called a group of leaders together in Atlanta, Georgia in March of 2020 to see if we could uh, unify around a common vision for that theologically conservative denomination. The risk was that uh, there might be several different ideas about what could happen, and the so-called traditionalist side of the church could have fragmented but at that meeting in Atlanta, we reached unity uh, around the, a vision. And the group in Atlanta nominated the members of the Transitional Leadership Council and participated in their selection. And, and that group is ro- broadly representative of the various um, entities that are interested from a theologically conservative perspective. So. Jeff and Kara Nicholas and I are members of the TLC and are leaders in the WCA. Um, the confessing movement has some uh, folks on it on the TLC. Good news has some folks on the TLC, uh, I- IRD UM action. And then there are some uh, folks who uh, aren't aligned with any of those groups that are theologically conservative. And then theres there's some bishops and uh, some, uh, folks from outside the United States, so it was a it was a desire to create a group that could then bring to operation that unified vision and provide a pathway for uniting theologically conservative Methodists.
0: Jeff, what what can you add to that? I know you you serve on that as well, and um, and are you know. I think when this began, you were president of the WCA council, now vice president, Carolyn chair. Yeah. I chair. keep saying that. And I keep, every time I say that in Keith's presence, I get corrected, you know, president chair. Yeah. Chief, Grand poobah chief banana. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Big bopper, whatever it is. So, so Jeff, talk about your involvement with this uh, transitional leadership council. What, what's your been, been your experience thus far?
1: Well, my experience has been—it's uh, been a good experience so far, Bob. I want to go back to the, the reason why the council was formed, and 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 I can identify with some of the rationale behind this because there was a, a time before five years ago when I I had never been a member of uh, Good News, the Confessing Movement, uh, IRD, uh, any of the renewal groups. I'd have I had affinity there, and I had I read all the stuff that came out, but I. I was not an active board member, uh, even an active donor uh, to those organizations. But when the WCA formed uh, four and a half years ago, I decided that uh, it was time for me to get off the sideline and into the fray because I I really felt like the soul of the traditional expression of Methodism was in the balance, and I wanted to be a part of helping to shape that. Well, the WCA obviously kind of became the lightning rod uh, of – for anybody uh, from a different perspective who would want to attack traditional Methodism. And uh, there were some folks in the church who say, you know, we, we have theological affinity. We, we love what we hear about what's happening with the WCA or good news or whatever, but, but we're not, we're not a part of that. And we don't know that we can sign on to that. And I think that was part of the Genesis behind the, the getting of this group, uh, the bringing of this group together was to bring folks who had been in this the thick of this for a while, along with some representative bishops and then and then an equal number of folks who uh have not who who might see theologically conservative or traditional, but would not uh, have ever put their name on the line uh to be a part of one of the renewal groups and uh that time in Atlanta where we met and and formed together in early March of two thousand and twenty, like he said, it seems like a century ago. That was there was a moment in that meeting where we were called to prayer actually by Carolyn, and because uh, we, we were kind of kind of bumping our way through trying to find some some affinity and some uh, places of agreement, and it, it the the spirit began to move in that time of prayer, and in a really miraculous way, by the time we got to the end of that gathering, we not only had a unanimously agreed upon statement that was released to the church. But we also had this plan to put together a Transitional Leadership Council. Now, the thing I appreciate about this is the Transitional Leadership Council has taken much of the work the WCA did to this particular point, and then they said, what do we have to have in place during this 12 to 18-month period of time between the time a new denomination is announced and we have a convening conference, what do we have in place that enough Traditional Methodists would look at this and say, "Well, this is this is who we are. We're going to go there, and then what do we need to hold back? Because people need to feel like they're a part of forming something, right? And it can't, it doesn't go well when you when they feel as if they don't have any say in how something is shaped. And so, I, I think the council has done a, a really solid job of." of deciding what we had to have in place now and what could we signal we want to put in place for the future and what are things that we just didn't even touch right now that we're going to leave for the convening conference. And uh, it's been a delight to work with the folks. Uh, Keith's done a great job chairing the TLC and each person has been valued. Each person has brought great insight and they've helped us to find the balance necessary to, to take us as far as we've been able to go in the last, uh, last 12 months.
0: So over the course of the last couple years, we've now not only done one discipline, we've done two books of discipline. We and, are really Methodist. I mean, <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah. get more crazy than that. And I was involved in the Next Steps process of creating sort of the original uh, book of doctrines and discipline that we created out of the Next Steps Task Force. The, the transitional book of doctrine and discipline that that has been put together. There's a lot of similar voices. Chap Temple for example uh, who's a wizard at this kind of stuff and putting all these documents together it was involved on both teams but talk a little little bit about some of the similarities and differences between those two and as the as the transitional leadership council took what we had done earlier and looked at it what are some of the some highlights of things that that perhaps got changed or altered Always with the caveat of remembering that the word "transitional" was in there. I know we were talking about that before we came on. That's right. That that all of this is subject to what happens at a convening conference. Correct. So Correct. if you're hot on a particular issue, as I am, and I am, <laughs> and, and I am, yeah. So 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 everybody's got their piece. That they read these documents and they go, "Whoa, whoa, time out! You know, slow your roll here a minute." Uh,
2: this is not in concrete. You know, we've used lots of building analogies as we've moved along. You know, Jeff Jeff popularized we're building the plane as we're flying it. Uh, I would say the Transitional Book of Doctrines and Discipline is the skeleton of a bridge that we're building as we're going across it, okay? And... uh, uh, but, but you know, I, I think it's been an amazing process. If we had not had the Next Steps working group, and Bob, you were on that. Uh, Jeff chaired that. Uh, I provided, Walter and I provided staff report, uh, support for that. Um, the Next Steps uh, working group was the genesis of all of this and did the, the grunt work, the trench work. Uh, they had some ideas that when it got to the WCA Council, those ideas were refined uh, by by the members of the WCA Council. So it's been a it's been a, a developing process that lots of different minds have touched along the way. It's been true holy conferencing, in my view, and and you know one of the things that we discovered uh, that I I was very aware of uh, was that we, that we were developing a chicken and egg problem. I've I've said that before on on the podcast that that people wanted definitive answers. They wanted definitive answers uh, to specific questions. But then in the same voice, they would say, "Um, but I wanna wanna have uh, decision-making authority on what comes out finally. And you can't achieve both uh, objectives at one time. So creating this transitional process enables us to be able to begin providing some specific answers while leaving space for everyone who ultimately is at the table having a role in the final decision. So to get to your specific question, um, for example, the doctrines section of the transitional book of doctrines and discipline is identical to the um, um, WCA draft book of doctrines and discipline. No, no significant difference that I can think of. Um, the commitment to have a term-limited episcopacy is in both documents. The redefinition of the Office of Episcopacy uh, that was envisioned by the Next Steps Working Group was in the draft WCA Book of Doctrines and Discipline is in the Transitional Book of Doctrines and Discipline. Transforming the Office of District Superintendent into a presiding elder is there. Minimizing the footprint of the global church, the general church, uh, so that it is not an in- institutional superstructure um, it is in both documents, uh, greatly pared down uh, general church uh, infrastructure, A- an emphasis on uh, putting as much of this in the hands of the local church um, uh, for defining ministry, deploying ministry and all of that is in both documents. Those would be some of them. Jeff, you can probably think of some others.
1: Well, I, I, I think you've done a great job with that. I want to go to a little bit to the general church structure. Mm. Uh, you'll notice when you read the, uh, the, the doctrine, one of the things we don't want to do is do United Methodism 2.0. And uh, so one of the things you'll see is there are uh, fewer uh, general board commissions or general commissions and we're not, we don't call them boards and agencies because the intent, I mean, when you think about it, Bob, we've been able to do an amazing amount of work over the last four and a half years with really, for the most part, three full-time employees, right? And then all volunteer uh, councils and task forces. And, uh, and we don't see a reason to begin to, and, we, and that's been very movemental in the process. And we don't necessarily see a reason to institutionalize movement, you know, so uh, we we see we don't see a lot of bureaucracy uh, at all. Um, And we don't see um, we don't see the need to have 13 of them. But a lot of the thing, a lot of the previous the the functions that were separated out into separate boards and agencies in our present denominational system have been uh, redefined and refitted together. So that there's flow and function that follows along with that uh we uh once again we were i think another thing that is very similar between one uh version and the other is the uh, judicial uh procedures i think another thing that is similar is uh the length you know the present book of discipline is near under 900 pages with an eight point eight point font and and the one that we're developing is much shorter it's briefer it's more on point it's more about um, a movement of the miss toward the mission than it is about a propping up of an institution. Uh, although there are things that need to be put in place, such as judicial procedures and and uh, and the like. Um, a couple of things that are not in uh, the uh, that are that are not in either the doctrine and discipline or the transitional uh, doctrine and discipline is the WCA version or the transitional version. Is uh, both bodies believe that it would be very important that the new denomination have a uh, have a social witness, but that we need to kind of reframe it in terms of our theological construct. And we believe that we ought to the, the the founding or the convening conference ought to appoint a task force or a commission to to be working on that to bring it back to the to subsequent uh, general conferences, so that we can marry our uh, Wesleyan theology with our social witness in a way that honors the traditional view of the church. Um, Another thing that's not in it, uh, Bob, I don't know if you want to go to that place yet. Something near and dear to your heart is a deployment system.
2: Well, there is a uh, deployment system. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, there is, but it's a different, it's
1: different. And the reason it's different is, uh, first of all, it's it's intended to be a very brief period of time. We don't anticipate that there'll be a lot of, uh, changes of appointment during this brief period of time uh, and we this is one of those areas that we want to bring as many people from the that, that desire to come with us from the previous expression of United Methodism into the global Methodist Church um, but we want them to be able to have a say in the process and part of the challenge is is getting entire annual conferences to come that want to come and uh, they do have a little bit of a clock to be able to Bring themselves in alignment with the, the whole new expression of the church, but you know appointments were a big deal for some of the existing annual conferences. Now, Bob, in places like you and I serve, that's not as big a deal uh, because we don't necessarily we're not going to necessarily go after the annual conferences. But there are places that hope to bring their entire annual conference with them or a significant portion thereof.
0: Yeah, and Keith, Keith and I know
1: you. I'm go sorry, ahead.
0: Keith and I were talking about this beforehand that. You know, in some of these places, there's a there's kind of a pendulum swing that happens. So when you look at the transitional book of doctrines and discipline, for example, it is looks a lot like our current system of deployment. What we right. envisioned, and by the way, thank you both for giving me two of the most controversial things to work on. Um, <laughs> d- disi- accountable discipleship and clergy battle, deployment. You're battle hardened. <laughs> yeah. Bob. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, yeah.
2: we knew you could take it.
0: R- right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to respond to that, but, but, but we tend to swing the pendulum back and forth, you know, fr- from these, from these extremes. And so somewhere there's a sweet spot in there that I think right. we'll be able to find at a convening conference because we'll have 18 months to pick at it right. <laughs> before we get to That's- that point.
1: That's correct. You know, Bob. Remember, remember our first meeting of the transitional or of the uh, of the uh, next, uh, steps next,
2: <laughs> next steps working group.
1: Next next steps working group, and we were we were meeting. Yeah, you know, once again, we have so many different things. The president's on,
0: last chair forgot the name y- of the yeah. thing. That
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. It's all
2: right. We got so, so many things th- going on. Yes.
1: That, anyway, but do you remember that first meeting? One of the things that I consistently had to say is that uh, we've got to be very careful. As we're trying, I mean, we gave each other a blank slate across the board. If we were going to build it new, what would it look like? But we wanted to be very careful not to make decisions that were against what we'd experienced, but rather they were for what we dreamed, right? And we, I consistently said, we're, we're never going to be able to build a system that's going to guard against bad actors. But we will be able to build one where it will be easy to transition people out, that kind of deal. And I I think we're I think that's part of the 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 just as we were given carte blanche to go ahead and dream dream big dreams. And by the way, everything we've worked on is still in the background and it'll all come to a convening conference. The TLC was given the given kind of a commission that we want to take as much or as many of the. Traditional Methodist churches, conferences, people with us as we possibly can, and it needs to. First of all, it needs to look something like they know because they're not nearly as involved in this as you and I are. But the second point is, it's it, it's got to begin to signal some things that are coming. And Keith already highlighted a lot of the things that are coming, but that it's not lost on us that 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 some of the things that were very important to us. Like the discipleship system and the and the church planning initiative and the uh, the the deployment, you know, modifying the deployment system uh, to be more equitable and just in a good way was uh, was something that is not that is not completed yet, and that'll continue to work itself out. Like you said, we're going to try to find a sweet spot between these extremes to get to where we need to be.
2: I just want to underscore. Um... The the TLC, in my view, has shown amazing discipline. The role of the TLC, the Transitional Leadership Council, was to put together a polity, a governing document, that would only address the period between legal formation and beginning of operation until the convening conference. Now, That's obviously, correct. some of those things will influence what happens later. But, for example, this document, the Transitional Book of Doctrines and Discipline, does not um, uh, address how bishops are going to be elected in the new church. And you'll remember, we had, a, we, we instead of doing jurisdictional elections of bishops in the WCA Book of Doctrines and Discipline, we had it done at a general conference and... We had a process that was very different than the United Methodist process. Um, so, so those sorts of things that are not in the Transitional Book of Doctrines and Discipline will be legislation that will come no. to the convening general conference. And, and so the TLC was very aware that their role was not to make decisions for all time. Um, they have a very limited mandate. Just get us to the convening general conference.
0: So I would say to people who are reading this and going, well, they're going to do X because we see that a lot on social media. The new church is going to do X and I can't be part of it if they do X and, and, and things like that, or I'm really excited about this. There's a lot of that kind of stuff out there. And I, I think what we, if I'm hearing you correctly, what we have to say to people is no, it's not, it's not locked in stone. I do think but. what we have to do is to be able to say, if you have particular parts of this that you're passionate about, think about how you might bring that to convening conference. Think about the ways in which you can you can offer suggestions for these things, because it's still in process.
2: Yeah, write, write a legislative petition, basically. To the right. convening general conference. And I guarantee you, there are things that are in the WCA draft that will be transformed into legislative petitions and will be presented. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think our hope is that the transitional book of doctrines and discipline give, gives people a sense of the essence or flavor of the new denomination, um, uh, and and sets maybe some guardrails on the outer limits. Um, I don't think we're gonna see significant changes at a convening general conference, for example, to the doctrinal portion of the, no. of the discipline. Um, uh, but uh, I, I can see that we will probably, well, we will have things addressed that aren't here, like the election of bishops, um, we will have things that um, uh, are expressed in the transitional book that people will have different I- ideas on. Um, and, and that's healthy. That's good. Um, I, I, I was uh, had a conversation with four pastors from North Georgia yesterday who were concerned about a part of the Book of Doctrines and Discipline. And at the end of our conversation, these guys said to me, you know, this has been a really healthy conversation. We could never have a conversation about how we disagreed with certain things in the current system, because there was, there's no trust, but we can have heart to heart conversations about things that are here without fear that there's going to be retribution, that we're going to be categorized in certain ways. That's the, that's the health that we're looking for as we move forward. I'd like to add
1: just, two things to that keith one of the things you know we're still working on uh on the wca council side we're still working on the ordering of ministry right that uh Correct. You're because, talking about because the we,
2: educational requirements and all all right that. Yeah. yeah because
1: we we are fundamentally in favor of persons who are now considered to be local pastors to be ordained as, and received as members as early as possible in that process, and we're we're going to be revealing some of that over the next uh, several, uh, probably next couple of months. But it's in the same spirit of what we've talked about in the in the original draft that we put out there. We're just taking care of some of the educational requirements around that, and and obviously that kind of thing's not really dealt with in the in the transitional book of you know doctrines and disciplines. So out there in the social media world. You know, there are local pastors who are just upset because it's not as clear in that as it was in the original draft we let out. Well, that doesn't mean that's gone. It just means we're still in the process. So that that's the second piece I want to say. You know, I, I've been uh, I've really not been commenting a lot on things on social media about this because I've got another I've got enough other things that are going on. But uh, uh, just a word I want to share with all of us just for what it's worth. And I've said this in different ways in different places before. But one of the, the 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 greatest disciplines we're gonna have to develop as we move out of the system we're in into the new one is to beat our swords into plowshares. We have really learned how to fight in church. And uh and we're living in a culture right now that you know you just it's whack a mole out there if you have a different idea from somebody. And Keith, the conversation you had with those four pastors in North Georgia is a healthy example of what Christian conferencing looks like on a smaller scale. And what we've experienced in the WCA Council, and well, as well as the TLC, in the last several years is, are examples of, of Christian conferencing on an even uh, a larger scale. And what we experience in the, uh, the, the WCA Legislative Assembly even takes that to a larger place, but I, I want us to be really careful that to reclaim the, uh, the to reclaim the discipline of pr- principle disagreement without the weaponry of uh, of fighting. This isn't blood sport. This is kingdom stuff, right? So I just you know I want us to work work together to try to make this as, as great as it as possibly can. Understanding is being put together by sinful human beings, but I, I think our tone in this interim time is really important as leaders and as people who are deeply invested in what comes next, because I think people will take a signal from us about how we conduct ourselves and comport ourselves in these places.
0: Yeah. I certainly have seen a lot of stuff on social media and I'd see people talking about this in one way or another and, and offering critique, particularly critics who offer critique who always offer critique, and I see people trying to respond and explain and things like that. I I always tell people, you know, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. I heard it put differently that you should never wrestle with pigs because you both get dirty, but the pig likes it. And the pig likes it, yeah. So so you have to be careful about that kind of stuff. And just remember, this is all in flux. But the great news is and and our conversation has been helpful for me because, you know, I think like everybody, we read these things and go, well, that's different than what I had envisioned. But it's still in process. And the good news is we all have a voice. And still creating and being part of creating it, which I think is, is the exciting thing.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, the, yep. the, the great thing is um, uh, we've experienced this now several times in the journey that we've been on as the Wesleyan Covenant Association. When we gathered in Chicago in October of 2016, people said, Wow, if only annual conference could be like this. The spirit in the room, the the sense of alignment in the room was dramatically different than we experienced elsewhere. As we've gone through each global legislative assembly and global gathering, we've found that because certain things are settled at our core, we don't have disagreement on them, we're theologically aligned, that we can have robust conversations about other matters. We have a foundation that we build on instead of fighting over the foundation. And that's what we're doing largely in the United Methodist Church. So I believe that what we're going to see, I'm grateful. Everybody's frustrated with the further, further postponement of general conference, okay? But God doesn't waste anything. We know that. And he has used this time, as much as we have kicked at it, he's used it to bring us to this point, much further than we would have been if we'd had general conference in May of 2020. And if we have to wait to August, September of 2022, um, God will take us on to perfection, as it were. And and, and it will be a rich time for us to share our ideas and, and refine them, And continue to develop this thing that God is forming in our midst.
0: So, the question that I I think also comes up is what is the continuing role of the the WCA with this? Because I think people are confused about that to some degree. We've got the Global Methodist Church, we've got the Transitional Leadership Council. What now does the Global Legislative Assembly for WCA, and what's the role of WCA going forward?
2: I can tell you, there is so much that is part of forming a denomination. If anybody had told me what was involved in doing that, I would have run the other way four years ago. <laughs> okay, you're so, not al- you're not allowed to do that, Keith. I know, I know. I'm in for it all now. But uh, but uh, one of the great things the WCA has been able to do is it, it's really, in a sense, a a think tank. It has been on the cutting edge, the leading edge of all of this. Um, it's been able to involve hundreds, if not thousands of people in, in the formulation of ideas. The, the six uh, ministry task forces that were uh, formed by the 2019 Global Legislative Assembly that have created, their, they've done groundbreaking work in some significant ministry priorities that, that the TLC would never get to. Um, most likely because they've got their plate full and so that feeds in the WCA will continue to develop uh, these ideas around deployment around episcopacy uh, the election of Episcopal leaders the the structure of of how we can keep it lean at the at the general church level all th- those things will still be processed in through the WCA and will feed into this um, and then and then we just have, Educating people, telling the story, helping people understand how to navigate this time—I I, get—I was on the phone with leaders in Africa this morning before flying to Kansas City, and—and they—they are asking questions that probably a lot of people here in the U.S. are asking about how this all works, uh, and so just the role of helping people understand what's happening—the WC has a huge role. Um, I don't see the TLC as replacing the WCA or the WCA duplicating what the TLC does. It's a symbiotic relationship, I would say.
1: Uh I would agree with everything Keith said. I think the other thing I I would say is because we've been thinking about this longer than the TLC has, uh, the the work product that we've been able to develop that is appropriate for them to, to take on during a transitional time is incredibly helpful I mean they would they would not be able to go back we had the foresight of for example having the task force work together about clergy benefits and such I mean they would the TLC would never have been able to get as much done on that as we were able to do and now we have we have answers for that kind of thing as we move forward which we would not have been able to have if the if the WCA hadn't been working ahead of time to put that into the queue.
0: Well, it, it's helpful, I think, for people to know this. It's, it's certainly been helpful for me to have the conversation. I think it's sometimes difficult, especially during these times when we're separated from one another and when we're on Zoom calls and things like that. I mean, I haven't sat in person with Keith for more than a year. And so it's kind of like, wow, th- this is a real person. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not a talking head on
2: a Zoom meeting. Right, right. <laughs>
0: And, yeah. and so I, I, it does help tremendously to, to think about those kinds of things. Because I, I think a lot of people just have questions and they, they, want, they want to be excited about this. And, and, um, and I think there is a there is great reason to be excited about it, even with the delay, which is, is not ideal in any way, shape or form. But uh, this past year has been fruitful from that standpoint. We have been able to put a lot of things in place. Uh, you know, never waste a crisis. That's
2: right. That's right. And you know, um, uh, this past year has been great because I could sit in my office in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and by video conference speak uh, to different groups all over the country. Some of them multiple times in a weekend where I could not have done that if I was on the road. But uh, and it was it was a year ago. Um, uh, now that my travels ceased last year, like everybody else, COVID hit and we shut down in terms of travel. Well, this is my first trip uh, flying uh, since March of 2020. I'm here in Kansas City this week. Um, I'll be I'll be in in Kentucky the first week in April, uh, speaking at Asbury Seminary and speaking to. To uh, students and faculty there, I'll be in Oklahoma the a couple weeks later. So you know, we we're, we now have the opportunity to get out and have the kinds of conversations that you we are having uh, on this podcast with people face to face, and uh, that's that's this is about a, a tribe coming together and defining itself, and so we very much want the input of people. Uh, I encourage people. I, I should not encourage people to send more email because I have more email <laughs> than I can handle now. But we do want to hear from people. I do return phone calls. Uh, Walter is, is huge in doing this as well. And and we have great council, um, WCA council, and TLC uh, that are are invested as well. So there's plenty of opportunity for people to ask questions, share ideas. Um, Nothing is foreclosed at this point.
0: So if you feel excited about drafting legislation, get on it.
2: That's right. That's right. Have legislation parties, you know, bring together those method
0: nerds. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to imagine what that would look like. And that is not the kind of post-COVID party I'm interested in going to. (laughs) There you go. go. I've
1: I've actually just had certain people flash in my mind about who would have a party like
0: that. Yes. There are some, there and, are some.
2: And understand the, the, the structure that is represented in the transitional book of doctrines and discipline is not the end in itself. It is a, It is in service of our ultimate mission, which is to, to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to, to bring people to a living, vibrant faith and to disciple them uh, in the way Wesley envisioned discipleship. And, and so that is our, that's our ultimate goal, our main passion. This is necessary as a, as a backbone, and infrastructure that supports that. So let's not kill ourselves over this sort of thing. It is important, but it's not the ultimate end-all, be-all of what we're doing.
0: Jeff, any last words?
1: Uh, it's been an honor to serve uh, in this role, and uh, and I don't know if and when the history of this whole thing might be written someday, but uh, to be able to see what God's been able to do, and through so many different people in so many different settings, um, and to see the disparate parts of this beca- begin to come together and congeal, is uh, is exciting. It's just I can, my I, I, I'm. In each step of this, I become more and more anxious. Uh, I want to get there. and uh, and and I'm grateful I get there go there with with you folks. not yeah. only the three of us that are on this call, but all the different folks that are listening to us. Uh, the best is yet to come. Amen. And I'm excited about that.
0: So if people want to send in uh, questions or comments, you, you might you, we're not going to guarantee you'll get to their email. Right away. That's
2: correct. But, but the email address uh, for, for questions about the Global Methodist Church is info at globalmethodist.org, globalmethodist, all one word, .org, info at globalmethodist.org. And, of course, the website where they can access the entirety of the Transitional Book of Doctrines and Discipline is www.globalmethodist.org.
0: Well, I want to thank you both for, for joining me, and this is my first trip out on the road as well. And again, we're here in Kansas City as part of the cohort that is working, sort of the initial cohort, working on church multiplication, and we're working with a group called Exponential, doing some training around that. And we've been on a journey. Some of us have been on a journey with that for the last several months. There's another cohort of that going to start fairly soon. And we envision more down the road.
2: In fact, I would say we have 25 pastors involved in this first cohort. And uh, I just signed the agreement uh, this week for our second cohort that will begin in the fall of uh, 2021. Um, It'll be it'll it runs from November to May. And if there are folks listening to this podcast that have an interest in church multiplication and and uh, potentially being part of that cohort, I'd encourage them to email us and let us know. We'll, we'll put their name on the list and explore that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us for this edition of Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. As always, if you have questions about the podcast or comments or suggestions for future episodes... And we need more suggestions about that, particularly for your questions, because we were hoping that we were going to be ramping up to General Conference in August and have more episodes about that. So now we've got to fill another 18 months, potentially, probably, hopefully not. Maybe it'll happen in May, maybe not. But we've got a lot of stuff that we're going to go down uh, and and talk about in that interim period of time. So So let us know suggestions for future shows. That's very helpful to us. Uh, For example, an upcoming show we have is with Kevin Watson, uh, Dr. Kevin Watson, in his new book, which is phenomenal. It's a book entitled Perfect Love, which is about entire sanctification, which he makes the case in that book that that's what Methodism was raised up for, for that one particular doctrine. And as as Jeff was saying, and, and Keith as well, all of this stuff we're talking about is structure but the real target is having people be holy
2: amen holiness right. of heart and life amen.
0: spreading scriptural holiness across the land um all of all of those things that are so important to our movement that's what we really are trying to recapture and we can get stuck in the weeds and i'm guilty of this as anyone else get stuck in the weeds looking at process and and all of that kind of stuff but there's nothing preventing us from doing that. And as long as we keep that target ahead of us, we'll be, we'll be in great shape. So send us your your comments, your suggestions at podcast at Leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform that does help drive traffic to our, our podcast. We're, we're well into about 25,000 downloads at this point. And we're not even at our one-year anniversary yet, which is exciting. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at WCA Pod, and I promise, if you follow us, it is a conflict-free zone Amen. <laughs> on Twitter Amen. with with uh, the the WCA Pod uh, Twitter feed. Because uh, I don't I don't like to wrestle with pigs; it's just not something I'm I'm up for. And um, so, make sure you you connect with us. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we look forward to having you back again on the next episode of Holy Conversations. We'll see you then.